Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by La Rosa's. We'll tell you a little bit more about their new Lexington location that's coming very soon in a bit. We're going to talk a ton about North Carolina today. We are back in our mobile studios, a.k.a. Kyle Tucker's car, right outside Memorial Coliseum. John Calipari and Ashton Haggins and E.J. Montgomery spoke to the media today. We'll share what they said, and then we'll make some some predictions and maybe do an over-under or two. Um, But we're going to start with John Calipari's comments um, Kyle, we were talking as we were walking to this uh, beautiful studio. John Calipari, I thought, was was in like a, I don't know the best word, proper mood maybe. Right. Where it was kind of like he's like, I'm. he seemed comfortable with his team, I guess is one of the better ways to describe it. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, he seems like he's in a good frame of mind. He's had, he's had some pressers where I thought he was downright down, depressed uh, sounding. And he's had, you know, uh, m- one of the more recent ones, I thought he was maybe a little over compensating uh you know overly defensive or whatever uh i thought today struck the most i don't know what the word is but uh, you know he he seemed like comfortable yeah. with where things are maybe even maybe not confident that the, i mean north carolina is gonna be a major challenge yeah. and they just beat gonzaga and put over 100 points up and they've scored 100 plus several times and he talked about how tough they're going to be to stop from scoring and how much they're going to have to score uh, to win that game. So I'm not sure he's confident they're going to win against North Carolina, but it seems like he's comfortable with the progress that's being made. He said, I, I know for a fact that we're getting better. Yeah. So they're still not empowered as a team that you know yesterday was still a coach-driven, not player-driven practice. But he's moving some pieces around. He's figuring out what he thinks guys can do well. Yeah. Um, I just get the sense that he he feels a little better about the if if nothing else maybe not the product as of this moment but the direction things are going and, and this also we should note is reaching the conclusion of the first week of Camp Cal they started a little bit early this year EJ Montgomery said it's been going on all week two to three practices a day and they there's going to be progress made significant progress in terms of in season progress progress probably the most that can be made during this you know month of time where they can just practice and play games and they're not in school and all the other distractions yeah and uh you know you talk about moving pieces around and one thing that really kind of uh when i heard it at first from ej montgomery i was like whoa is that is that right ej montgomery said he's playing a little bit of three and <laughs> I did not anticipate that happen this season. That happening this season. Yeah, Cal confirmed as much. He said he's, uh, you know, it just makes them a longer team. Uh, they're EJ Montgomery's a six foot ten, three apparently. <laughs> um, you know, and I and I followed up and said, okay, so what else? You know, who else is at the four and the five? And that if you're going to use that lineup, and he said basically it would be EJ at the three, six foot ten, seven one, I think wingspan, mm-hmm. or uh, Reed Travis or PJ Washington at the four uh, with him. Uh, if it's PJ, that's a seven three wingspan, and at the five would be Nick R- Richards, who's seven feet tall with a seven five wingspan. So. Yes, it does make them a much longer team. And also, he said, another thing you don't expect to hear much from Cal, that in that look, they're working on some zone defense because you want to, if you're going to play with a long team like that, how can you maximize it? Well, if you got three guys who, if they stand 
fingertip to fingertip can stretch completely across the court, uh, you maybe play some zone. He said he thought it would look better than it has, but you can't just like say we're playing zone and it's going to look great. Mm-hmm. Zone is not. It, it can be a compensation when you're. On-ball defense is not great when you're man defense. But it's not just a simple thing you can do. So it it will probably get better. But I'm curious to see it. I don't think it's – you know, I'm I'm on record here about talking about modern basketball and them needing to uh, maybe embrace the the small ball a little bit and, um, you know, more skilled guys, not – you know, the traditional lumbering center. Mm-hmm. Um, Cal seems hell-bent on keeping Nick Richards in the picture. Um, he wants to have a shot blocker. That's a piece of it, or multiple shot blockers. Uh, I almost wonder if it was a red herring, you know, if he threw it out there before this game as something else for somebody to think about. I well, would. I don't see the, how they could play it against North Carolina and do well, well with well, it. Well, one because, thing I'll say this, though, real quick, just on that point. EJ brought it up first. Right. And so I don't think EJ's bringing it up because it's happened. And I don't think and I don't think EJ Montgomery is diabolical enough to kind of yeah. like throw that out there as as to mess with North Carolina. I think it's something they're actually truly working on, but to your point, it might not be set for North Carolina. Yeah, I don't think I don't know that given the the pieces North Carolina has and the way they score, I don't know if going with the big lineup is the way to go. Could be. We'll see. I, I mean, I'll probably use it some. I think he did have it out there on the floor for a couple of minutes in the last game. I believe Hagens was the point guard. And Keldon Johnson, who's typically the three, was at the two. I mean, the three and the two, I guess it doesn't yeah, really matter. They're kind wings. Of a wing. But um, that is a big lineup because then Keldon Johnson's 6'6. You know, he's got a pretty good wingspan on him. Uh, Ashton Hagens is a good sized point guard and, and a very good defender. It'd be interesting to see, you know, what that group could do. I don't think it's their best lineup, but uh, seems like it, Cal Perry at least wants to have it as a change of pace, a curveball to throw up people. EJ Montgomery is a super skilled guy for six ten offensively. I think he can play the three. Um, defensively, I guess it doesn't. If you're playing a zone, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. If you're playing man to man, it also maybe doesn't matter because it just because he's the three offensively doesn't mean. He's defending a guy on the wing. You could put PJ out on the wing and have him at the full, you know, defending the other guy, other teams four and Nick on the five, and and probably be okay there. I think PJ w- would be fine defending a wing if if PJ and Keldon are your two wing defenders and Ashton's your on ball point guard defender. Um, that could work. Mm-hmm. That could work defensively. I just don't know. Like, is is. EJ Montgomery ready to make shot. I mean, I, I believe he can be a really good shooter, but the, the numbers say his jump shot's been not been falling. He's been fading away a little bit, doing some kind of weird stuff. I've seen him just splash jumper after jumper after jumper, and I know he can be that. He's one of those guys who I think by the time he gets to the NBA, whenever that is, is going to be one of these modern big men who can step out and hit threes and do all of that. He hit threes in high school. Um but he hasn't. She hasn't done it yet. So if you're gonna do that with him, you know he he can't be out there bricking everything. I mean he's yeah. got to. If you're gonna use EJ Montgomery in this new role, he better be dialed in and making shots. And I don't. You know, is he there yet? I don't know. My favorite moment today with EJ Montgomery, and you were standing over there with me. I guess he just completely misinterpreted my question because. Offensive rebounding is, is a huge thing, and we mentioned it on the last podcast. North Carolina is one of the best in the country at it. Kentucky's very good at it as well. And as Cal, Cal said today, you know, that we've been a very good rebounding team 
except for the last game. So going into this game, I'm sure they're focusing on it a little bit more. But I asked EJ, you know, what's the key to offensive rebounding? And I think I said, how do you offensive rebound and make that happen? And he, he, he interpreted it as what happens when you offensive rebound. And he said, well, you get an offensive rebound, then you get another chance and you put it, was, it back in. It was a d- very uh, DJ Elliott-like <laughs> answer. Well, well it, the game of football. It reminded, it reminded me of the Baylor kid from the NCAA tournament when he was talking about being out rebounding. He goes, well, a rebound is when yes. you go grab yeah, the ball. A rebound <laughs> is when you grab the ball. Yeah. So here's, what I, here's the point I would make about the rebounding. And Cal Perry has made the argument that they don't want to shoot too many threes because they can. The, the, if you miss those, the, the, the caroms, they kind of spray all over. It's unpredictable. More long rebounds. You're giving up a lot of your offensive rebounding edge. The, the flip side is when you make some threes, you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And in the last game, oh, they didn't rebound as well. Uh, they were minus eight. Well, also, that's because they made almost everything. They shot yeah. 59% from the field in the game. It was their best of the season. They shot 57% from three. 12 of 21, which was by far their best of the season. So they didn't have as many rebounds because they made a bunch of yeah. shots. You got 36 points from the three-point line. Yeah. I mean, you know. If you can do that, you'll sacrifice rebounding. I don't think there's any question yeah, about it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, because you're, you're normally, like the, the, the four previous games for Kentucky, they got 27, 20, 17, and 24. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Never mind. Just ignore me. Okay, uh, um, so <laughs> I, was, I thought I was about to say offensive rebounds, but I'm looking at the wrong thing. Forget it. Moving on. Bad point. Oh goodness! But if you God. make shots, offensive rebounding is rendered a little mute. That moot. point stands, despite moot, Kyle not looking mute. I need to be muted at the uh, wrong. I will mute Kyle for a minute here, and I'll tell you a little bit more about La Rosa's. We should talk a little bit about the dining room at La Rosa's. If you feel like coming in and sitting down to a comfortable, relaxing meal, La Rosa's is that kind of place. Along with the awesome menu, you can get a nice glass of wine or beer. But maybe the best thing is, if you have kids, La Rosa's knows how to take care of them. That's why they're a family pizzeria. When you get there, they'll bring a sheet of butcher paper and crowns to the table so the kids can have something to do. They have a kid's menu with things that kids will love. And most importantly, they're patient and they love taking care of them. So go and check out the the Rosa's Family Pizzeria that's closest to you right now and keep an eye out for the one that's coming to Lexington. It's going to be right across the street from the skyline on Richmond Road in February of 2019. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Um, The other thing, and I asked Cal about this, obviously, I half-jokingly put out the question after the Utah game, is Jamal Baker the best shooter in the history of Kentucky basketball? And I, I do love the fact that at least one or two people on, on Twitter took it seriously and, and brought up other names. Um, but in, I asked Calipari today, how's he doing? Is Camp Cal hitting at the right time for a guy who needs to, in theory, get back into game shape? And Cal said he's looked great the last couple of days, but he's still defining his role. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably, you know, that's what you would expect. And, and he, he mentioned, again, going down the bench and saying, oh, I forgot you were here. And he said, you know, that's no disrespect. He's done that with really good players in the past. Sometimes you just, you know, forget or whatever. And he mentioned, again, how little he's been in practice. Two or three weeks now, he's really fully been practicing with them. But, you know, this is – there's an opportunity with Quade Green gone – you know, with some guys still needing to get dialed in on their three-point shot and Kentucky needing it at least to make enough of that, 
you know, to be a factor, there remains an opportunity there. And I I don't want to read too much into a couple of three-pointers at the end in the last two minutes of a blowout win, but I did like where his mentality about it. Mm-hmm. Like there are, you see it all the time. There are gazillion dudes in those situations who come off the bench in kind of garbage time and they get the ball and it's like hesitation. And he did not hesitate. And the second one, he didn't hesitate. He put a, he put a move on the dude. He jab stepped him. Guy was right in his face. He pulled up right in his in his face from really deep uh, and made it. If you if you think about what we've heard about Jamal Baker the whole time he's been here, the, the guys last year and this year that have talked about he's shooting shoots light out lights out in these drills and in practice he's lit up that five minute shooting drill. I, it was very annoying to me that he wouldn't tell me yeah, that was what weird. his what his record was because you know he knows all of those guys know like you know they'll say I've made six, what was it last year after Winion Gabriel's game where he hit 7 of oh, 7 yeah. in the tournament I think he said he'd hit like 70 maybe it was something crazy 73s in 5 minutes um but when you take all that into account I mean everybody has said the dude's shot is pure and if you've seen him warm up you see that it's pure um got a nice flick of the wrist uh, then he goes and does it in a game finally if he can get in good shape, if he can, the other factor here is if he can like keep his knee healthy because yeah. I don't. He struggled well, with that, that was, for over a year well, now, and honestly, every time it's supposedly healthy, it swells back up on him. Well, that's why I was asking the question more or less. I wanted to see if he was participating all the way in Camp Cal, right? Because if he's going two, three times a day, that means that the health is there. I would guess not, just because I think. I mean, Cal uh, said Cal didn't say he was limited at all. Yeah, I, I would think surely there's some they're taking some steps to manage it because I think once you have a knee issue like that and you have swelling and all that stuff but maybe not maybe it's just hey you're either going to make it through this or you're never you know you're not yeah. you know what i mean if, if you're if there's nothing structurally wrong with your knee and you've just got to push through the recovery process maybe it's hey you're going to get in shape and come on with us now or or not um and, and i think it's important too that whatever pieces they're going to use that gets defined soon yeah you know you don't want to figure that you know you don't want to have Jamal Baker be ready to play. I mean, take him whenever, I guess, but him be ready to really contribute two months from now because your team will have, you hope, form some identity. If he can be, you want him to come along and be a part of that identity as they figure it out. Um, But, you know, I'm super curious about him. Yeah. Because I think he really is a terrific, pure shooter i have no idea if he can do anything else i have I, no idea if he everybody can defend. says i have he no can. idea yeah right everybody says that about it nobody wants to be pigeonholed as like just a shooter that's such a bad thing now which i don't get yeah. like there is a total premium in all of basketball for being a great shooter if i was a really good shooter and i knew i wasn't great at anything else i'd be like i'm a shooter i'm really good at it i'm gonna make shots shooter shoot um i don't know if he can do anything else but honestly even if he can't if he's really that good of a shooter, play him eight to ten minutes a game and get him shots and then get him out of there. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to talk about from a guard's perspective is yesterday we mentioned Ashton Higgins versus Colby White. Today Ashton Higgins kind of uh, finally admitted after we asked him a different— God, we had di- to grill him for yeah. 15 minutes. <laughs> that he was going to be matched up on Colby White. I don't know why this yeah. was some Just big some secret. matchups. Just some matchups. <laughs> Are you going to guard the other point guard, Ashton? I don't think 
Yeah. Uh, like EJ Montgomery's out here spilling like state secret new new things they're working on, and Ashton Higgins will not admit that he's defending the other point guard. <laughs> uh, Colby White averages 15.2 points per game. And I did, I did like one of Ashton's lines where he said something, and I'm paraphrasing. It was like, yeah, he just, I've seen all the film, and he just shoots it all the time. Yeah, he's like, like I, don't, I hadn't seen him pass too much. <laughs> he actually had a six assist, I think, in the yeah. Gonzaga game. He but. has, a, he's averaging, uh, Kobe White is 3.9, so almost four points in uh, a game. But, I mean, his main assist, assist yeah. uh, per game, and but his main role is the score. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a scoring. He's, he's the a, second leading scorer on the team. Yeah, he's a scoring point guard. He's um, He's been really good. It's like, I think. I think it's been kind of a surprise, right? I mean, they got well, here's the thing: Nasir like, Little, and the, and he's not played nearly as much. Well, that was, and I've, I've listened to a lot of like national basketball talk, and when you heard people talk to the Carolina staff, they all loved Kobe White, and of course, they loved Little as well. You know, and, and Little, I think, is averaging double figures. He's averaging eleven and a half points per game, if I'm reading this box, uh, this stats sheet right. Um, but he, but Little, going through that All Star circuit was his his hype train just went crazy and was projected as the number 3 pick in the draft going into this college basketball season and for him not to not be the best freshman on his own team is probably surprising from people who aren't paying attention to North Carolina every day. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it also speaks to like they're really they're, they're really talented. They're uh, really know, good. Cam Johnson is a guy that the Pitt transfer that Kentucky wanted to get last year uh I think it basically came down to probably Kentucky and Carolina. Um, I think a six eight ish guy who can really shoot it. He's averaging, he's leading them in scoring sixteen point six points, five point two rebounds. He's shooting forty nine percent from three, and and that's as a volume guy. He leads the team in attempts and makes. Um, he's very damn. I mean, who's who's checking that dude this the six nine three point shooter that's that's a t- um, i guess that's a kelton johnson matchup yeah and, and that's gonna be tough for him and I oh guess, by the way luke may the kentucky well, killer I, i'm who, gonna we're, i'm gonna get to him in a second because calipari said something about may but with cam johnson i feel like despite being the height advantage maybe that is a guy that kelton johnson could help could slow down in the sense that Keldon Johnson's looks bad at defense from my eye when a guy's taking him off the dribble. Yeah, and he's not going to do that, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I don't think Cam Johnson, that's not his strength. He's a shooter. So maybe Keldon would be better. And Calipari made the joke how Keldon just, at some or no, was it Kenny Payne that was joking about how when Keldon's on the floor, it's like we're on a bo- in a box and one because he's just yes. guarding his guy, even though he's not supposed right. to be in a box and one. Right. Um, so, so we'll see how that matchup goes if that is who Keldon Johnson guards. You mentioned Luke May. We're going to talk about him in a second, and then we'll wrap with some Christmas stuff. But first, I do want to tell you guys about Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. If you're traveling this holiday season, Sling TV is a great way to take sports with you. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, college basketball, NBA basketball. You can stream all those on your big screen or if you're on the go on your favorite devices, your laptop, your tablet, even your cell phone. So right now, Locked On listeners can get a 7-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. It's a free trial. You got nothing to lose. Do you think John Calipari forgot all the presents he got Brad Calipari for Christmas? 
I'm guessing he has never physically purchased Brad Calipari a gift. Because <laughs> he was asked today. I mean, Ellen Calipari, the stories about like Ellen Calipari having to fix like the plumbing in their house and like Cal just sitting in his chair recliner going like, I don't know, <laughs> not my deal. <laughs> but the, Which I think like, I would guess like that that is like the most commonly uttered phrase or, or the gist of it in in Cal Perry's life is like, not my deal. <laughs> That's your job. I'm delegating. But the question Cal Perry was asked was, what's the, you know, most memorable gift that Brad got, uh, you know, more opening or whatever that Brad was most excited about. And, and Cal like paused and then he started thinking, he goes, I don't know, but I do know that when they would make the ornaments, cause every kid always makes ornaments for their parents. And he goes for like seven or eight years, every one of those ornaments had the picture of Brad in the middle. So I guess he likes to have, look at pictures of himself. <laughs> I think he does. If you follow, you follow him on social media, that's <laughs> he's got pictures of himself, like shopping, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a Brad thing. That's a that's a generational that's a, thing. Yes, it is. All right, we, hold on, hold on. One more Calipari thing. <laughs> I tweeted this out and uh, and CC'd all three of his children, and they've two. The daughters have already responded. Calipari wore again wore corduroy shorts today. One, it is December, and it is cold. And two, I didn't know they made until I, until the first time I saw John Calipari wear those. I didn't know anybody made corduroy shorts because the point of corduroy pants is to keep you warm. So corduroy shorts don't even make sense and also they are not fashionable. So I I just suggested a Christmas gift idea for the Calipari children to get their dad some pants. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah. And uh, Megan Calipari has already responded that that is the casual cow line perch available only at Costco. <laughs> uh, well, now I want to go to Costco yeah, and see if they're stuff. actually there. Costco's actually got there. some some like good clothes every now and then. I go, I shop there all the time with twins. We buy everything in giant bulk, and they like have rotating yeah. different stuff. I get you get Under Armour there, you get Nike, Costco. If you guys want to advertise on the podcast, you just got a free free preview there. Um, so I said we'd talk about Luke May, and I thought the thing that Calipari said about him was that basically he just outworks people, and that's pretty evident. And I love that he was just like, he's not a good athlete at all. <laughs> he didn't say <laughs> he, he basically did, though. He said he's not going to outrun you. He's not going to outjump you. He's like, look at this dude. He, look, he looks like a 30-year-old guy at the YMCA, but he's just going to outwork you. And that's exactly right. I mean, it is exactly right. He was not like... He walked on, right? Caroline's part of his I story. Mean, yeah. he, was, he, was, it's, he was told he was going to get a scholarship. Yeah, but that was always the plan. But to, I mean, to if you're a high-level recruit, you don't, they, don't, they don't take that to anybody they think is a big-time player and go, will you walk on to start? They don't do that. So nobody thought a whole lot of him coming out of high school, and he is you know, a really good player who, again, is the Kentucky killer. He hit the dagger against them uh, in the Elite Eight. They were that close to go into the final four um and he's averaging averaging a double double 14 points 10 rebounds um he's a really good player he's not shooting it as well from three this year i think as he has in the past he's still 30 percent. he's made 10 i guess 10 threes as a six foot eight dude yeah um but when you just when you look across the floor there that cam johnson kobe white attacking luke may you know, killing you on the glass. You got Nas Little coming off the bench. 
uh, seventh Woods has had, you know, emerged and been a guy who can give them something. Even, you know, he was a, a big time. Was he like the number one eighth grader or something? Yeah. Kind of didn't didn't pan out to that level, but he's, you know, he's given them like five and four a game. Uh, leads the team, second on the team in steals. They, I mean, they got some players. Yeah. And the biggest thing is all of them seem like they can score. Yep. Um, this is for a team that has been a, you know. A frustrating defensive group for Calipari. This is a massive challenge. Yeah, without doubt. Almost, I mean, off defensively, almost as big a challenge as the Duke game. I mean, Duke is a better, more talented team, but I think there are more ways that Carolina can score. Yeah, definitely more guys. Yeah, I feel like that can put up big numbers. You know, Duke had the the top of their their. Guys are have higher ceilings, right? But the the volume of the North Carolina guys that could put the ball in the basket, I think, is is higher. Uh, we'll wrap with uh, what John Calipari had to say at the start of his press conference. He, you've probably seen it on social media. They did the the yearly thing they do. They invite some uh, families in that are having some hard times, and they visit with them every year. One of the players dresses up as Santa Claus. This year it was Keldon Johnson, and I accidentally asked EJ Montgomery about Keldon being Santa Claus and. Keldon Johnson was right behind me. It was the closest thing I've ever had to like a TV moment when you were, and you were talking about somebody and then they're right over, <laughs> right your, over shoulder your shoulder and I didn't yeah. know it was happening. Um, but luckily I was in, not insulting anything. him. Yeah, exactly. It didn't get to that level. Um, but yeah, so Keldon is, is Santa Claus, which had some hilarious pictures. And then they sung some Christmas carols with the kids and stuff. And EJ Montgomery, I think, I don't know if they're Ashton Higgins and EJ Montgomery. They're both very nice, but they're both, they're being kind of, uh, politically neutral and everything because i asked ej about who's the worst and best singer and he's just like we're all the same i actually agree with him on that they're all bad and he <laughs> said that we're all the same none of us can <laughs> sing like they had, that was some awful singing it was like a sweet moment they're sw- singing for the kids but that was horrifically bad singing that, i mean for a, a, What's a your school f- that has a really good like music school and they have the all yeah. the great i mean kentucky has like the best anthems yeah. ever because they have all these kids from the the school of music who come in yeah. when when uh, their director comes and has people Crushes sing it them. themselves uh, it's it's pretty awesome they i think they should do a mandatory for these one and done dudes they should do a mandatory freshman class to yeah. sing uh, just ex- expressly for the Christmas carols. No Isaac Humphreys on this team. No, that's got a not. nice voice. Finally, Kyle, I guess we'll make a little game prediction here. What do you think? Who do you, I just just keep it simple? Uh, who wins in score? I'm not sure Kentucky's. You know, there's a lot of talk today about trying to wanting to prove that they're ready mm-hmm. for the stage and the big stage. I think they'll play much better than they played against Duke. I don't. I don't think they get run off the floor. Although that's a danger against this team that could score like this, I also don't think they're ready yet. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't think they're ready to beat a, a top team, not on their home floor. Yes, um, I think it's Carolina. I think they're gonna, you know, it's gonna be in the 80s probably. I would guess Carolina scores in the 80s, pushing 90, probably a 10 or 12 point game. I think there'll be some moments where Kentucky's right yeah. there, but I just I'm not. I have to see it first to believe can, that, that Kentucky's ready to compete in you know and win not compete but to win against a, a top ten team you know in a on a national stage. I completely agree, 
and I will take North Carolina 88, Kentucky 80. So right in line with what you were saying. I think it'll be a fun game to watch, and I'm excited to go check it out. We'll be recording the next edition of this podcast up in Chicago. That's our plan. So stay tuned and be sure you're subscribed so you get that as soon as you can. Um, you've been listening to Locked on Kentucky. You can follow me on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. And I'm at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Be sure to be following at Locked on UK on Twitter and find Locked on Kentucky on Facebook. Thanks again to La Rosa's for sponsoring this edition of Locked on Kentucky. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Check, 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 check,